Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison. Welcome to another dramatic week, a week where I wasn't exactly sure what the big topics and big headlines were going to be. And then it turned out maybe the most dramatic headline of the week involved me. Caitlin Bristow went on a podcast and talked about our friendship deteriorating and how I essentially ghosted her. Well, you know I have to talk about this, but there's only one way to do it. Caitlin Bristow is going to join me because we have a lot to talk about. But we have a lot of other dramatic headlines to get to. My beautiful fiance, Lauren Zima, is here with me. Tom Brady has retired again. After 23 years in the NFL, the 45-year-old says, this time it is for real and it's for good. And, and on that point, I totally believe him that this is it. At 45 years old, he is done. Well, the reason we wanted to bring this up, because, you know, the most dramatic headlines will be about the relationship headlines. Right. Yeah, we're not talking sports. Don't no, worry. no, no, no. He would never do that to me or to the wonderful listeners at home. But even I am invested in this, right? Because when Tom Brady first announced his retirement, pretty quickly, his relationship seemed to fall apart. And then we found out that he and Giselle Bündchen, after many years together, were getting a divorce, which is always sad, is always hard. Um, and then now when he announces his second retirement, I turned to you and said, was it worth it? And it's really interesting to me how people, and maybe there's a difference in men, women, you know, your relationship status, how you react to this news, because my first reaction when hearing, okay, so you, after all that, you know, he was only retired the first time for a couple weeks. Right. Then he goes back, does another season, plays poorly, right? Or poorly for yeah, him, I should say. Yeah, the team was not good. Okay. Um, and then now he's 
officially going to retire once again. So one more season, one more mediocre season by his standards anyway, was it worth it? I have two bizarre schools of thought. And it's funny that your mind went there. My mind went to when he immediately retired last time, last year, and the FTX crypto thing came out. I I think two things are at play here. One, I think Tom Brady was he was a big uh advisor and and part of the FTX scandal, this crypto scandal. I think he lost tens of millions of dollars. And my first thought was, oh, he and his agents had to get him back because he lost so much money and it would also kind of turn the tide on any PR problems. But when he retired this time, my first thought was, you know what he did last year? He went back to be with his boys. It was therapy for him. And I don't believe, and I don't know, I don't know Giselle, I don't know Tom, I've never met either one of them, but I find it hard to believe that he unretired and then, you know, a month later, that's what tore their relationship apart and that's what caused the divorce. Maybe it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but I, I can't imagine that is what really blew it up from the start. So my thought was, Tom knew they were headed this direction. They probably had already started the proceedings and, and separating their lives. And for a guy, I think it was his therapy. It was, I need to go back and belong to something. I can't just get a divorce and not have my job, not have my locker room, not have my boys. So I think it was more therapeutic and cathartic that he went back knowing he was getting a divorce. Hmm. I have nothing scientific to, to base this on. Just as a man, I could see that's why he may have done it. Well, that's interesting. And look, certainly if one major area of your life is falling apart, your relationship, you don't want your career to be falling apart too. But I mean, look, I agree with you. I certainly don't think the, the divorce, they must have been having problems right. for a while. And there were rumors about that for a while. But you know, she has kind of said in interviews, I, I, what she has said, her own words were that she kind of needed him to show her that the family was a priority. She needed him to set football aside and he wasn't willing to do that. What my read on it more so was, I, I think when you have someone in a relationship who's so passionate about their job and also, I mean, you're dealing with two people who are in the very top of right. their field. 0.001% of the greatest in their field. Yeah, she is the highest. I mean, she either still holds the title or did hold the right. title for highest paid supermodel in the world. He's known as the, the, goat, the goat, right? Okay. She's kind of the goat herself. Yes. I don't so, think models want to be referred to as goats, but yes. <laughs> so <God. laughs> dad, dramatic dad joke of the week. Um, so I think that you're dealing with two people who in order to have a family, they had to both make sacrifices for their careers I think she felt like she'd made more of the sacrifice and she was ready for him to do that. And he couldn't show her he could do that. And I, I mean, that's the thing though. If you can't walk away, then you have drawn that line in the sand. And when I, but when I say, was it worth it? I would be interested for him to give, and I don't think he will, right. but I would like for him to give a very honest interview about it now. I do think it could have been worth it in that for any of us, whether it's a job or a relationship, I've said before, I have to know I put everything into this thing before yeah. I can walk away. And maybe for him, he had to play that final season and know, you know what? I don't think I can keep winning Super Bowls every time. And and so he had to know it's time. I'm done. Right. And maybe, may and you know, it's hard to leave on top. Very few 
superstars have the ability to win and then walk away. And again, hey, Tom, open invitation to come on the most dramatic podcast ever. I would love to talk to him. I will talk zero sports with you. Maybe we'll talk a little golf because he's a big golfer. Um, But I really want to know what was the impetus for coming back? Was it what Lauren is saying or was it more of, hey, my life is falling apart. We are separating. I realize now I can't save this marriage. I need to go back to at least something I can control. And you and I know this, and we've both been through divorces and we've been through something else that was pretty extraordinary. You want to hold on to something you can control. And football between the lines, he knew he could control. Even going back to a team that wasn't that great and he knew he wasn't going to win the Super Bowl, but at least he had control of that. When I was going through my divorce, I didn't tell anyone at work. No one at work knew that I was having marital problems. Interesting. Nobody knew that anything was wrong. I just, when it was happening, when we had definitely split, then I kind of started to tell a few people. And in part, that was because, you know, I mean, certainly when you're thinking maybe we'll stay together, then you you don't want to tell everybody in case you stay together. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you don't want people to have that, you know, remember that. It's hard for people to forget. Um, but it was more so that, it was, I was like, my personal life is struggling so much. I can't let this career that I've worked so hard for be affected too. I have to, like, I've worked so hard for this. This has to remain intact. And this part of my life has to be the same and a safe space where I can go, just like you were saying. I would I would probably say I did the same thing. And most of mine was because, yes, I had to deal with the press of it all and being the the joke and the talk of the town on the late night shows and stuff as the host of The Bachelor is getting divorced. I mean, the jokes write themselves, but I too wanted to at least control this environment. It was something I was good at. It was something that I was recognized for. And at least this part of my life, I had peace while the rest of it was falling apart. And I maybe that's the way it was for Tom. Do you remember any of the late night jokes? I remember Jimmy Kimmel and I remember talking to, to Jimmy Kimmel about Well, you guys are friendly. Yeah, I think we are friendly. And I think he even texted me of like, hey, sorry, pal, or, you know, just he reached out and I said, I totally get it. I mean, if I was in the same position, I would be writing these jokes too. the doctor of love. The guy who's known for love is getting a divorce. I mean, come on. It's pretty rich. It's, yeah, I mean, talk about dad jokes. It's a layup. Um, but yeah, by the way, open invitation to Tom open invitation to Giselle. I would love to, I really would love to talk to them on a very personal level, just about these relationships of when, when they knew what led to these decisions, what did him coming back force or did it at all? Was this already a foregone conclusion? A lot of questions that only two people know. Um, and if, you know, obviously if they want to go peacefully into the night, God bless them for that. Well, I saw a lot of people now saying, um, will they get back together? I don't think they'll I don't think together. so either. No, no, I think it's- That ship has sailed. Right. And she wrote something very yeah. nice on his Instagram announcement of retirement number two. She said something like, I wish you all the best in the future. I I think that's done. What What's your good saying about relationships? That um they end for a reason. Relationships end for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say some people get back together, I know, but th- usually things end for a reason. <laughs> and that is true, As as did this story. And so let's move on to our next headline. This is a- Surprise headline for you. Ah, a twist on, oh yes. Well, we want to do a twist on the most dramatic headlines ever. We're going to surprise each other. This is the headline I found. 
and and LZ doesn't know about this. I just found it fascinating. Not really the story. It's about actress Emily Ratajkowski. Uh, upon her divorce, I guess she's had two divorces. This one to Sebastian Bear McClard. Um, and she was asked about her wedding ring and wedding rings in general and dresses. And, and we had had this discussion last week is what made it come right to mind when we talked about the wedding dress and what do you do with it? Do you save it? Is it weird if your fiance, new wife has her dress, her old dress from a prior wedding? And same thing goes for rings. And she said, you know, I keep it. I, I still have my wedding ring. And I thought about you and I'm like, I don't know where your wedding ring is. And I thought, you know what? I bet Lauren doesn't know where my wedding ring is from my prior wedding. Do you have it? I don't know where it is. Do you have it? I do. Oh. Um, my wedding ring was something that was really, I know they're all personal, but it was very emotional for me and tied to my family. It was a replica of my grandfather's ring. And you know what my grandfather meant to me. Um, and all of us seven grandchildren, I'm the youngest of seven. When we got married, we all had my grandfather's ring replicated and we all wear those. So that's what I had. And so it, I, and my grandfather and grandmother were still alive when I got married. They're both gone now, God rest their souls. But I kept it because it's a tie to them, not necessarily to my wedding, but I keep it because every time I see it, it reminds me of my grandfather who I admired as much as any man in my life. And same thing for my grandmother. I never had a wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> I could say, but go ahead. I'm speechless, go but ahead. it makes so much sense. Why does it make sense? <laughs> I don't want to say anything disparaging, but it, it just seems to fit. Oh, like, why? Why didn't you? Like you it no, was never going to last. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you have a wedding ring? I know. You know. Well, honestly, I I had my engagement ring. And I really liked my engagement. I loved my engagement ring, actually. Um, and I just didn't see the point in a wedding ring. I thought, I know some people kind of style them and stack them together and all that. But to be honest, I thought we've spent enough money on the engagement ring. Why do I need a wedding ring? I've wondered if I'll get a wedding ring for you and I. Well, that's what I was just thinking. So right now what you have on, very beautiful ring, man. I love my engagement ring. Okay, so ring. it's an engagement ring. So I see what you're saying. Adding on the wedding band or Yeah, the I don't want to change I the see. way it looks. I love it exactly as it oh, is. Okay, well, I think that's totally fine. By the way, if you want to do that, that's great. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I thought the same thing. I had not thought. I've Guys obsess so much about the ring, and I wanted to get Lauren the right ring, and, and it was something that I was so worried about because she's very particular. And what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> in a good way? And so I just, I just wanted to make you happy and I wanted it to be something you loved. Then I thought to myself after reading this story with Emily Ratajkowski, I was like, Oh, I'm also getting married. I, I haven't thought about getting a I ring. I totally myself. forgot you were getting married. I forgot. <laughs> I just forgot about getting a ring. I haven't, we haven't talked about it. I haven't thought about it. You're right. But by the way, okay. Is this to my point? How important is a wedding ring? Well, I think. To me, not really that important. Let's get tattoos. I don't want to get it. Who was it? Is it Wells or Ben Higgins? Ben, ben has Higgins, a ben Higgins ring has the wedding tattoo. Um, I, I don't. I don't do tats. Beyonce has one. They're very chic. I'm not as cool as Beyonce, <laughs> who dropped true. the big uh, world tour. By the way, congrats, Beyonce. But I, I think I would just go basic ring. Um, if I did another one, I think I, I would like to have a ring. I think it's representative of our love and our commitment. Can I say there's something sexy about the idea of you in a wedding ring? 
I don't want to get weird on the podcast now, but no. I do like that. It's there's some. It's kind of like you like to wear watches. I think men don't wear that much jewelry, yeah. so it is just a nice accessory to see. So I would like to see you in a wedding ring. I don't know if I'll get a wedding ring again. I love my engagement ring. And hey, I'm a babe on a budget. I do think if it's not that important to you, you don't need to spend the money. You already have the engagement ring. It's okay. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. And though. I will begin. Yes. I, Wait, I, but you still haven't told me where your wedding ring is. It's in, it's in my closet. Gosh, I've got to go through I your keep stuff. It in. More. I have a little jewelry. You've, you've, <laughs> you go through my stuff plenty. Um, and honestly, you, you may, you may have seen it a million times and wouldn't even know because it's, it's a lover's knot. Oh, and so yes. you may have seen it because it does not look like a conventional wedding ring. And mm -hmm. people used to ask me all the time on the show, because obviously I was married for the first chunk that I was doing the bachelor bachelorettes. And people would ask, is that your wedding ring? What is that? And it was kind of a Celtic knot, a lover's knot. Mm -hmm. And that's what my grandfather had. And so I had one made pretty close to it, a replica. And so I, it probably you've seen it and just didn't know. Well, now we got to see about a new wedding band. There you go. We should tell people when we're going to get married soon. We should do a whole podcast about we it. We will do a whole podcast. Yeah, we, it needs more of a moment. For another okay. day. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always. Pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Well, that leads me to the headline I'm surprising you with. Okay. 
Um, Relationship-related headline, of course. One of the most dramatic headlines of the week. Ben Stiller and his lovely wife, Christine, have been married for years. They actually split up and got back together, but now they're back together. Uh, Speaking of people being able to get back together. And she has revealed on her new podcast that they were both each other's rebounds in the very beginning. That when they first started dating, they'd both gotten out of serious relationships and they didn't take their own relationship seriously because they were both rebounding. But now it's so interesting because they've been married. They've been together almost 20 years in total. So the question is, is it a good idea to date someone who's on the rebound? I need a rebound spectrum. Okay. Because there's zero of, oh, I was just dating someone for a few weeks, few months, whatever. It wasn't that serious. I'm on, you know, you're on the rebound technically. Two, I was married 20 years. I have kids. I'm unwinding a lot. Well, part of the reason I picked this is because I think it's very applicable to you and I. Right. We've said before, I don't know if you and I would be together if I was the first person you dated. I think you can move that to 100%. It's 100%? Yeah. I actually, (laughs) I've never told this story. I actually apologized to the first person I started dating. And I said, I'm just telling you right now, I'm a red hot mess. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be no. When good. did you apologize to her? Like the first date, or you'd been? Uh, it you'd was been on pretty a few early dates? on. I just said, you know, look, I, I this is not going to go well. <laughs> did just... she? And she stuck with you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was, you know, in in the cute, charming way that I can present things. But I just knew, like I said, I'd been married almost twenty years, two kids. I hadn't dated since the nineties, so things had changed quite a bit. Apparently, I missed my twenties and thirties. Started dating in my forties. So very interesting, a whole new world presented itself to me. And I just knew I needed time. I needed time, honestly, to dive into my kids, make sure everybody was okay. Not because they needed it, because I needed to do that. That's, that's the caretaker in me. So I was, I was pretty self-aware that I was probably pretty messy. Well, there you go on the rebound spectrum. Yes, yeah. you were. <laughs> I was the 12. <laughs> From zero to 10, I was the 12 on the spectrum. Well, exactly. Where I, were you? Well, we're going to keep the focus on you for a minute. I, <laughs> I, let, let me, let's circle back on me. I do think you needed to figure out dating again. Like yeah. you said, it's really interesting. I mean, you got married very young. You were 22. Right. And so you had never dated after college. You'd never dated as an adult. Right. Apparently going to Raiders of the Lost Ark, no longer that great of a date. <laughs> I love, you've told me the story about how you had to realize that it was, it might've even come across weird to ask someone to pick them up. First of all, phone calls. I like to call people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a big texter. I, I think it's just impersonal and things get lost in translation. I mean, if you call, as you start dating, if you call a girl and you offer to pick them up for a date, you would have thought I was a serial killer. The first person I said, well, I'll pick you up. And there was this this long pause. She's like, I'm not giving you my address. I'll and meet I, you there. Clearly her head was spinning and she quickly came up with a lie. Well, uh, I'm going to be coming from uh, here, there, work. I'll, I'll meet you there. I'm like, okay. So I asked another friend of mine, a girl. I said, hey, did I just do something wrong? I called this person. And I asked her out on a date, a dinner date, and I was going to a place, I picked a place geographically kind to where she lived. And, 
you would have thought I, I slapped her in public. <laughs> it was just like, it was so off-putting. And then I learned and she's like, oh yeah, we don't do that anymore because stalkers, you know. True crime podcast. Yeah, true crime yeah. podcast has ruined it for all of us. Well, I love that you were trying to be a gentleman. Um, but yeah, I do think you you had to figure out how to date again. And there was certainly, I think, an element of you having to see what else was out there. Like if you and I had met each other then, to be honest, I don't know if you would have appreciated how great I am. I would not have. Okay. No, I wouldn't have. It, it, I'm glad that I went through the exercise I did of being alone, living alone. I think that's important, by the way. Um, just finding out, are you a dependent person? Are you an independent person? Do you like being alone? Can you be alone with yourself and enjoy your life? And then you can add somebody to that. They don't become your life. So I think I was much healthier and, and ready. I, you, as you always say, you're always a huge proponent of life places, life experiences, and moments, and, and it's about timing. Our timing was right. Yes. But what's interesting is I was worried when we started dating that I was dating too soon after yeah. getting out of my marriage. I was worried that it was, I was worried I needed to take more time for myself. And I remember kind of having this debate in my head I dated, so I'd, I'd been single for a matter of months. I'd kind of just gone on some dates with some other people. And then you and I went on our first date. And I remember thinking fairly early on, I didn't take, I also didn't take it very seriously fairly early on. I was like trepidatious. I also honestly thought, you know, what's, the, I gotta be careful about dating him. How will this affect my career? I don't want people to think that I'm just using him as a, you know, for a moment. So we kept things secret for something like six months until we really knew it was serious. But I remember thinking early on, I, I don't know if I need more time on my own, but I also don't, this guy's great. And I don't know if I want to let him go. Like, is it worth, I, I wound up coming to the conclusion that you got to take chances. You got to go for it. And I knew how great you were. And so I couldn't let this wonderful man pass me by. Um, I also think I realized that even though I was still a bit in the rebound phase, that my marriage had been unwinding for a while. And so it wasn't like I got out of something in this kind of shocking way. And I also wasn't married for as long right. as you were. So, you know, I, I think I, and I had dated in my twenties, I'd had those single years. So I was I was still in a life place of wanting to be in a relationship. I wasn't like, I want to get out there and date. I had wanted to be in a relationship at that phase. So maybe it's also about what you're wanting. Are you wanting a rebound and you just want to have a little fun? No. Or are you wanting that relationship? I'm glad you made that choice, by the way. Me too. We're Here done. we are. We got to get wedding rings. Gosh. <laughs> All grows up. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always 
Pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Another big dramatic headline. And we can finally put a pin in this story. Amy Robach, TJ Holmes are out at Good Morning America. It is official. They are gone. Statement released on a Friday night, as all news that needs to get buried is. Dump the trash on a Friday (laughs) afternoon. (laughs) You and I have talked about this so much because I think we've seen so much of our own struggle in Amy and TJ's uh, journey. Um, And man, I will say, I just look at all this and I think, what a mess. What a mess the way that this all was handled. Because it was something that ended up being in the press for months. I don't think it had to be. And at the end of the day now, I mean, to me, these were two people very beloved. Their ratings were good. They were doing yeah, well. Sure. And now ABC's got to start all over again and figure it out. It, I think it was all very poorly handled. And the damage control, the source reporting on this was pretty fascinating. The, the leaks that were coming out um, from the newsroom from executive producers, from other producers, uh, that basically stated exactly what you were saying, that the morale in the newsroom and at ABC News is at an all-time low, that this is something that should have lasted two days and it lasted months and then ended up in a meltdown of epic proportions. And it spun out of control. There's a saying... If you stand for everything in life, you stand for nothing. I'm going to invent a new saying. If you stand for nothing in life, you stand for nothing. And it causes an absolute mess. I just coined this phrase because of something I kind of went through, and I've watched what Amy and TJ have gone through, and it's when people in positions of power, leaders, stand for nothing. They think they're being safe. They're waiting to see which way the wind is blowing. What are people saying on social media? 
That's not leadership. And that is what created this void that then created this mess that then created what we have now where, and I get the TJ, you know, the, the, the affairs that came up and all that, they had no choice, but to let him go. Oh, you mean because it came out, he'd had affairs with he other He had people. other affairs with subordinates. Allegedly, yeah. yeah, allegedly. And so, and then, but Amy is kind of caught in the crossfire because she still has done nothing other than get in a relationship with TJ Holmes. Um, but with they're someone both who out. was her equal at work. Yes, yeah. with someone who was equal. Clearly, the but if you read between the lines, what happened was a settlement was reached. Is it a fireable offense if you have... A romantic relationship with someone who's your equal at work. And what you're talking about, standing for nothing or standing for something, I think that we all like to feel a sense of comfort. We like to feel like a decision has been made. And the problem they had here was that no decision was made. Think about how much you hate being in a, are we or aren't we in a relationship right. versus if someone would just break up with you. It's like, just dump me right. if you're going to dump me or let's stay, we're going to stay together and let's try to figure this out. The are we or aren't we to me is worse because if you've gotten dumped, you can start moving forward. They were in this, are we or aren't we? And I think the audience felt that, the public felt that, their newsroom felt that. And people just want to know, are we standing by this or not? Right. And I do think that if- the decision had been made to support them and to say, no, you know what? TJ and Amy are going to stay on the air. We think they're both really good at their jobs and they're staying on the air. Then I think the audience would have been- This would have been over by we now. We would have been- yeah. yeah. The biggest thing to me about this whole situation, and it was a reminder out of a lot of what we've been through, um, but I actually learned it years ago when I lost my dad, um, is that you can be at a company, at a brand, and it's in any industry. Mm -hmm. You can be there for decades you can feel very connected to this company and this job. But that relationship, you and your company, at the end of the day, they are looking out for their bottom line, for their brand, for their bottom line, for their money. And you have to look out for yourself because as much as you might feel like work is your family and we all spend so much time at work, right? It's a huge part of our lives. There's emotion in that relationship, but it's still business. And that company is still going to do what's best for them. And it's a good reminder of that. Three more headlines uh, I want to get to that uh, have to do with kind of Bachelor-related headlines. Uh, number one, first and foremost, Caitlin Bristow made some news last week talking about me uh, in that I had ghosted her during her stint as host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette when she came in, when her and Tasha came in. She did an interview on a podcast and it made headlines. It made a lot of headlines. My phone is blown up. I am going to dive deeper into this story in just a little bit as we bring Caitlin Bristow on for an interview. And the two of us are going to dive into this. But before we get to that, I want to congratulate former Bachelorette Claire Crawley who got married to mascot sports CEO, Ryan Dawkins. Congratulations, Claire. Um, someone who has kind of been a part of the franchise, was a part of the franchise for quite some time. She was on one Pablo season and, and we brought her back as the bachelorette. Just always loved Claire. She was always just one of those people that I wanted to find love. And I, you know, I thought we did on the show during that pandemic season where she was the bachelorette. It obviously didn't work out, but it has now. And she has found her. Hold on. Did you really think she found love on that season? 
I thought he was just crazy enough to work. I did with Dale. You did? I really did. I thought, I did not. I thought, you know what? It's the pandemic. There are no rules. It's bizarre. Maybe this just will work. You thought that Claire and Dale were going to make you it. You know, I'm a hopeless optimist. I am a big believer of when this happens, when things happen like this. I am all in. Um, but th- she got married. Uh, by the way, a side note to this wedding, her wedding dress was stolen from her car. Are you kidding me? First of all, who steals a wedding dress? That's horrible. There's a special place in hell for someone who steals a wedding dress. Right. You know what it is Yeah, you take it. So a couple questions. If you see a wedding dress, you know what it is. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to take it it. to a pawn shop? Yeah, they're going to sell it. Yeah. Can can you sell a wedding dress? Oh, put it on, I don't know, Facebook Marketplace. Of course you can sell a wedding dress. Well, then I stand corrected on that, but still. But if we take the positive spin on it, I was really impressed by Claire's reaction. She said, she just moved forward. She got another dress. She said, if it's meant to be this way, it'll be. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is the right outlook to have as a bride because I don't, I've been to enough weddings and I've been in a wedding of my own at this point to know your wedding day is not going right. to go off 100% perfectly. There will be some kind of hitch and your happiness on that day hinges on whether you can go with the flow. I, I mean, sometimes I, there's a disaster, but on the little stuff, go with the flow and your wedding dress getting stolen and her going with the flow. I applaud Claire, Claire Crawley. Well, I, I think this shows that A, she's in love and B, she has grown tremendously because, and I think Claire will back me up on this. If if something like this had happened while she was the bachelorette, it would not have gone well. Oh. <laughs> I think she would have been pretty upset and there would have been uh, some downtime in shooting while we figured this out. So you see some growth here. I see some growth. And, and it, I think it also just goes to when you're happy mm. and you find peace in your life, you find peace in all of your life. And I think that's where she is. And I'm so happy for her and Ryan. Our congratulations. I yes. still can't believe that you thought her and Dale were going to work. I'm processing <laughs> this. Can I ask you really quickly? Yes. I don't know if you'll be honest about this. I know you're positive. I know you're an optimist. Uh-huh. Who from the show got engaged and you were like, I don't think this is going to work out? Hmm. He doesn't always like to answer these questions. No, I don't but know I was, I was trying to think of somebody that, I mean, I was trying to think early. I, I go early days for some reason. That's why I guess I start in chronological order and, and work my way up. I, I, I don't know as many of those as the opposite where Oh, you thought it was really going to I work. thought it was going to work and, and it, then didn't it didn't work. Okay. Who I was... mean, look, could you look at, you know, Ari? Oh, and, Ari and Becca. And, and Becca. And I, I remember too with Jason Mesnick that ended up being in the great switch just because there was so much confusion and so much emotion, emotion going into those uh, decisions. Uh, Alex Michelle from season one. So just there was times when I thought, hmm. You know, are they fully committed to this? Um, often it's the bachelors, not the bachelorettes. Women are just better at this. <laughs> <laughs> You're better human beings. Men are not smart animals. Well, that's the gauge too, though, right? I, I always say this. I think the greatest indicator of relationship success is effort. Like when you just said, is someone committed? Is someone trying? Because if yeah. they're trying, that means they want to be there. If It's a quick indicator to me. If someone's not putting in effort, get out because you can't make somebody care. Totally agree. All right. Well, anyway, congrats to Claire. Yeah, Truly, she looks so happy and so beautiful. And we send our love. She is somebody who's been through a lot. And so I'm so happy that she's finally found the right person for her. Before we go to break, um, I want to 
make note of this. And this is on a somber note, and it just breaks my heart. It breaks our heart. Dear friend Sarah Heron, beloved member of our Bachelor world, and her fiance Dylan Brown announced their son Oliver passed away after being born at just 24 weeks old. The couple said that Oliver died in his dad's arms shortly after being born. And I don't have much to say at all other than Sarah, Dylan, we send our love, our prayers. We're thinking about you guys. Um, I know this is unimaginable at this time. And we just love you and support you and just know that thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are sending their love and support to you as well. We'll be right back. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison. Easily the most dramatic headline of the week is something we're about to dive into. And that was an interview that Caitlin Bristow gave last week where she was talking about the demise of our friendship and how, in her words, it had gone down the toilet when she got the job, the mentorship is hosting The Bachelorette with Tasha. 
And she expressed a, a lot in that interview. And I wanted to dive into this because I think this is really interesting on so many levels for a relationship and a friendship. I think many years ago, maybe when I was younger, I would have taken this as someone throwing shade. She's angry at me. She's taking shots. And then you get into this. He said, she said, going back and forth, um, trading blows. But I don't think that's what this is about. And I'll be honest, I haven't spoken to Caitlin yet. We're about to talk. She's about to join me right here on the show. And you're going to hear it all. But what I took from this when I read the articles, listened to the podcast that she did, it wasn't a cry for help. But I took it as a cry for something that she lost, something that she was sad that she lost. And that was our friendship. And so instead of getting mad or even disappointed, which I'm not, I was saddened that a friend of mine was mourning the loss of our friendship and that that friendship had changed. And yes, to a certain degree, it did change. And we're going to talk all about that. And again, Caitlin and I had have texted uh, several times over the last week, but we have not had a chance to talk on the phone. And I'm glad because you are going to get to hear everything as it plays out in real time right now. Joining me right now from her home in Nashville, Tennessee, Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin, thank you so much for jumping on and joining me. Oh my gosh, Chris Harrison, thank you for having me. I want to say, unfortunately, we are not holding up our podcast tradition and sharing a few bottles of wine while we do this, as we did the first time when I was doing your podcast back at my house in Los Angeles. Um, we need to get back to that tradition soon, but I am at the home office yeah. in Austin. You're in Nashville. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yes. What did you want to say? What were you hoping to express in that interview? First of all, I hate headlines so much because they never tell the full story they oh it's always just you know how it is right to get people to just like believe one thing and then they're not going to read the article i mean i'm guilty of it i read headlines all the time and go oh my gosh and then i don't read the full article um but in that in that interview which i'm actually shocked that it blew up like this because i feel like i've talked about this before on my own podcast but what i was saying in it was not that you ghosted me. I was just saying that you and I were so close and when everything went down and then I got this, whatever you want to call it, role of quote unquote mentoring because they didn't want to pay me what they pay you to host. <laughs> um, <laughs> they That I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Chris. That's I, That was my first reaction. I was like, I have to talk to Chris. All these headlines again are saying Caitlin and Tasha taking over Chris's job. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold the phone. And then obviously I was not thinking about what you could be going through. So I'm only thinking about myself going, he's not texting me back. He must hate me. He's not saying anything to me. Like obviously I did something wrong and I just, you know, went into a little self pity party and decided to put the blame on you for a minute. But what I was saying in that interview was 
it's it wasn't about me. It, you were going through so much at that time. And you probably didn't even know what you wanted to say to me or how to say it. And you, you're you not like me. You react with logic. I react with emotion. <laughs> I was like, hello, bombarding you with text messages. You weren't responding to me. And I just needed to realize it wasn't about me at that time. And that's what I was trying to say. And that's why I wanted to have you on because, you know, going back and forth based on clickbait headlines and... I, for one, know when you're on a podcast and you say a lot and you kind of say things off the cuff, but when it's put in print, it looks so different and it sounds so different, especially when you line things up. When you say, Caitlin Bristow, you know, our, our relationship went down the toilet and I texted him 10 times and he didn't respond. And well, you're just kind of throwing these things out, making a grander point. But when you just put them in print, it looked really bad. Because totally. and I'll I'll back up and let everybody in on on how this went down back in the day was so you were uh, right as all this came out you were on Entertainment Tonight and I knew that and so I had, I called you that morning and we talked a little bit mm-hmm. and you made the statements that you were going to make and we talked about that and I supported you and said look I I totally understand do what you got to do um, mm-hmm. th- this doesn't affect us and. Mm-hmm. Then subsequently, um, you and Tasha were named. We hadn't talked after that. And then uh, when right. you were named a mentor, again, we we will get into that part. <laughs> so you texted me uh, after you got the mentorship. Mm-hmm. And the 10 times, by the way, when she says 10 texts, seven of them were just that day. And I'm not going to read them to you, but it was uh, <laughs> you know, one of those things where she missed a word and she's like, wait, I meant this and meant this. So it wasn't like you were hammering me with text messages of call me, call me, call me. It was really this one strain of thoughts that came out on one day. And yeah. then a couple, uh, I think a week later or so, you said, hey, if you get a chance, call me. Um, and so there wasn't a ghosting. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even know if you said I ghosted you, but I I think that was just clickbait. Yeah. So, yeah. This, but as far as the ghosting thing goes, that wasn't the case at all. And it had nothing. And I mean nothing to do with you and Tasha hosting the yeah. show. I know um, that. It, it had to do with the fact that I was going through something extraordinary and it had really nothing to do. And I don't mean this in a condescending way. It had nothing to do with you or Tasha. Yeah. And at that yeah. time, I needed people in my life and I circled the wagons with people that could be unconditionally loving and caring. People that were reaching out saying, hey, bud, how are you? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Checking on my kids, checking in on Lauren, making sure she was okay. Mm-hmm. And you weren't equipped to do that because of where you were in all this. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, yes, it does. And I, this is why talking it out is so important is because again, perception is never the actual like reality. And so to me, I was like, I feel like I did reach out to you. And then I feel like I did re- reach out to Lauren and I feel like I cared so much, but I was also in such a weird position. And then I understand that you were also in a weird position. So when I didn't get text messages back, I was like, okay, it's just, this is what it has to be. It, the The relationship obviously has to change. So then I feel like I wanted to continue to reach out and check in and talk, but then I felt like, well, I'm, he's not ready to talk to me. Like, it was like this weird thing that we should have just freaking jumped on the phone. Yeah. And I know, and that's what I was saying in that interview is now I know from, you know, the benefit of hindsight, I now know 
that was nothing to do with me. That was nothing to do with, like you said. Um, and you were in a position where I totally understand when you're going through something like that, you have to really take a look at your circle and who is who is in it and who's there for you and and who, you know, cuts you out or or doesn't talk to you. So I get I totally get it. Well, in the dynamic of our relationship, it's not unlike many, you know, look, I for 20 years, I for bachelors and bachelorettes, I was the mentor, mm -hmm. somewhat of a maybe a father figure where I listened. And I asked questions and I was all about you and your life because that was my job and, and I cared and, and I took a yeah. lot of pride in that. And that's, that's mm -hmm. how our relationship started at this time. I needed that flip of just the, sure. Hey, how are you? Like, are, are you okay? Not, yeah. not, are you okay with me taking the show and you're irreplaceable? And I, I, I appreciated those words. I yeah. did, but it was just at that time. I wasn't, I didn't have the bandwidth to deal with all of that. And I wasn't That's at, so and by the way, I really, and, and truly, I just wasn't worried at all about who was hosting and who was the next mentor and what the show was going to do. I get that. I was thinking of you as Chris Harrison, the host of the bachelor franchise worried about that. I wasn't, and, and, and I was thinking about our friendship, but I wasn't thinking about you as a human being and what you might have been going through at that time. Well, and, a lot, and, and, and I think that's natural because that's how our relationship has always been to a certain degree. I mean, right. it's, it's definitely evolved as, as wonderful relationships do. Um, mm -hmm. But I find, I, I find many of those relationships that have started as the bachelor bachelorette have kind of remained that not one sided, but definitely more so. Yeah. Just because that's how it started. And I think some of you yeah. kind of still look at me as that person that it, you know, I remember my parents and now being a parent, I, I get it. Like my kids don't go, Hey dad, how are you doing? You know, what's going right. on in your life? Tell me about right. you. <laughs> and so yeah. when yeah. a relationship starts like that, it takes a long time for it to evolve out of that. Yeah. I never thought about it like that, to be honest with you, which again, I'm glad to hear that side of it because that's so valid and so fair. And I never really thought about it that way. Well, it was important to me to have this conversation and I wanted everyone to hear, and I'm glad we didn't talk. And I told everybody leading into our interview that you and I were trying to talk, but Caitlin's the mm -hmm. busiest woman in the world for four days. <laughs> we've been exchanging text messages, trying to set up a phone call. And then uh, honest to God, good. guys, I got a text at 3 AM this morning from Caitlin <laughs> saying, Hey, sorry, I never called you. Um, I will see you, you know, for this Zoom that we're doing for this podcast. I'm like, dear Lord. So this show is about relationships. It's about love. It's about communicating. And it's important to me. And I thought, you know, if I was younger and I saw maybe this clickbait headlines, I would have been like, you know, Caitlin's dead to me or screw her or whatever. And instead, I saw it and correct me if I'm wrong, not as a cry for help, but I said as a cry for a lost friendship. And something that she has realized that she lost in her life that's changed. And so she wasn't trying to shade me. It was a cry for, hey, I don't want to lose this. And that's how I totally. took it. Good. I'm glad you took it that way because I have genuinely, since that since that moment of, of not getting texts back, have been like grieving our friendship. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh, I missed the days where I could call you at any time or talk to you or like... I don't know. I just, I loved our friendship so much. And so 
yeah, I, I feel like obviously I could have gone about that in a much different way, but you know how podcasts go now that totally. you're a podcast host. Yeah, I know. Well, you do. You get in these interviews and and you go mm-hmm. into things and aspects of it that you weren't expecting and you just start talking right. and you get pretty comfortable and, and you just let it go. And the and well, even the- And you know me, I'm an open book. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't take much to crack that vault, (laughs) but you know, and even things that came off awkward, like the, uh, meeting at Wells and Sarah's wedding. I was so excited to see you guys, Lauren and I, you know, honestly, the other thing I can tell people is I talk to Jay a lot. I talk to Jason. Um, we talk a lot more than I talk to you because we, you know, we also text each other like dudes do about sports and stuff. Um, but I was so excited to see you guys at the wedding and it wasn't awkward at all. We came, I was talking to Jason and you were talking to somebody else and then you walked over and joined us and I gave you a big hug and it was really sweet what you said. And it came off and in print, like it was awkward. And I want to tell people it was not when, when you said to me, Hey, I miss you. And I miss this. I, it really hit me in the heart and I gave you a big, long hug and we embraced for probably 10 seconds too long. And, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm. I've always been here. I'm always here for you. And that's, I didn't mean like, Hey, I'm always here. It's on you. And that's when you see it in print, that's how it came off, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you you should know that Caitlin and I were hugging and I didn't whisper in her ear, but I just said to her, it's like, I'm always here. You know, you haven't lost me was my point. To me, the hug, I was like, Oh God, I genuinely like miss you. And when you said, I've always been here, that's when my brain went, no, you haven't. You ignored me and you didn't text me back. But again, we all know how I'm dramatic. That's why, you know, you've seen it all too well. <laughs> I That was how I respond. I respond always with emotion. And I wanted to be like, but I didn't feel like you were. But again, I had to reel it in and know that you didn't have to be. You didn't have to be there for me at that time. I should have been more there for you, if anything. And I was expecting you to be there for me. And that was wrong. I, I know you were a little put off too during that time because I had spoken to Tasha, and it yeah. came out that I had congratulated her. Well, mm-hmm. the truth is Tasha and I were talking about something completely different. And someone on the inside of production had let me know that you guys were going to take over as mentors, um, mm-hmm. hosts, whatever it, it was <laughs> named. But someone on the inside let me know that, which I appreciated. And yeah. while I was talking to Tasha about something completely different, I, I did mention to her, I was like, oh, hey, and by the way, I do know this because neither one of you had reached out and said, hey, because it was awkward. Neither one of you reached yeah. out and said, hey, Chris, just know that they're talking to me about this. We're going to do this. So while I was on the phone with her, I just brought it up myself and said, just so you know, no hard feelings for you and Caitlin. I am in no way angry. I'm in no way bitter. I don't feel like you two stabbed me in the back. I would not expect either one of you to say, I love Chris. He's my friend. I'm turning down this job. <laughs> you know, screw you. Right. No, knowing full yeah. well, they're just going to go get somebody else. Why would you turn down yeah. that opportunity when this had nothing to do with you? That's all I said to her. That's really fair. I feel like in that time, I was definitely thinking about my own feelings there. Um, but, I mean, in, and it was all because I freaking love you. That's the That was all where this stemmed from is because like, I don't want anyone to, because I to a different extent did not know what you were going through because it is you know it's uncomfortable i i'm friends with i'm friends with you then i get this role that i don't know what i'm doing and it all just was so uncomfortable and 
I just didn't, I, I made it about me in that moment because I didn't want you to be upset with me. Not even thinking, not even thinking, oh, he's actually going through something else. He's not upset with me. This has nothing to do with me. I didn't think that in the moment. Yeah. And I didn't want to bring everybody else into that. And as I said to you, you know, Mm -hmm. when we talked on the phone, as you were about to do that entertainment tonight story, I said, look, I, you Mm -hmm. know, the only thing I can do right now, like if you speak up, if you say something and it, it's taken the wrong way or whatever. It's like, you're just going to be drug into this. And I was like, right. don't, don't come into right. this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, save yourself and, and just move on. And I did that out of love and I did that out of caring mm-hmm. for everybody. But the other thing is I, I, as I, as things settled down and you guys were hosting the show, um, yeah, a, it was awkward and B, where would I fit into that? You know, calling you and Tasha. Right. honestly, what I would have loved is for you two to have called me during the negotiation and during when they were talking to you. So I could have helped you. Like I normally would have, you could have called and said, Hey, this is because, Oh my gosh. Do you really think we would call you to help us negotiate to that? You know, and- I, you know, I would have, by the way, I would have told you guys, I know you would have, but I would have been like, Hey, so no. Was, hey, I'm taking your job that you've had for 20 years. Um, I want this to be totally which, normal. Which clearly I did not do a good job at because they were like, mm, yeah, no, well, no, we're going to go a different direction. That was not on you. And it was not on Tasha. No. It was not on either one yeah. of you. Well, I'm glad we're finally getting this chance to talk. And I, I want to push the pause button for the moment because we're coming to the end of our time here on this podcast. But there's so much more I want to talk to you about, about hosting The Bachelorette, what that was like, all the emotions you went through, what you thought about me in that moment. And what about you and Jason? How are you doing? Are you planning a wedding? I want to hear about all of it. So this conversation will continue because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.